You are listening to the Let's Talk About Sex Trafficking Podcast. Your co-hosts, Christy Wells and Brittany Dunn, will interview survivors, industry experts, and community leaders who are committed to increasing survivor identification beyond 1%. This is the first step to ending child sex trafficking in America by 2030. Join us for real facts, real stories, and real ways you can be part of the movement to end child trafficking. Hello, my name is Brittany Dunn, and I am the COO of Safe House Project, and I'm joined today by my co-host Christy Wells and Rianette Lebowitz. She is an incredible friend of ours who is joining us all the way from South Africa. Rianette Lebowitz focuses on cyber wellness, is on a mission to save lives by taking a more holistic view of our digital habits. Rianette founded SafetyNet Cyber Safety, is a brand South Africa Play Your Part ambassador, author, TV, and podcast presenter, and digital parenting expert. As a speaker, she has spoken to global audiences like TEDx, the Global Leadership Summit, Campus Party International, and was featured in the international documentary film Public Figure. In her book, Raising a Screen-Savvy Child, also available in the Afrikaans, Rianette empowers families to become responsible digital citizens. Rianette speaks at schools, churches, companies, and conferences, and has played a significant role in the development of cyber safety toolkits for schools and corporate cyber wellness programs for corporations. By being part of the Executive Women's Forum based in America and other mentoring and leadership development programs, she grows her international network. Rianette has won numerous awards with the last being Women of Wonder Award in 2020. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure and I'm so excited to be joining you and having a conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. So tell us a little bit about what's happening for you right now in South Africa. Obviously, we're all adjusting to the current times. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what it looks like for you? A little bit uncertain in terms of lockdowns and what's going to happen because, as you know, it can change any moment. But what we do know is that our kids now understand how to do online schooling and it's not as scary as it was last year. From a business point of view, it's been very busy for me because when I started my cyber safety journey almost seven years ago, People were like, oh, yeah, we hear you and cyberbullying and, you know, hacked profiles and this and that. I, I hear you, but it's not important and it won't happen mm-hmm. to me. Now, with people in lockdown and how we've become so both advanced but dependent on technology, people are finally saying we need the info. We need to understand how to be cyber savvy and keep ourselves safe. So, it's actually been quite a busy year for me and I'm excited to see how people are embracing the knowledge. And overall, we need to stay positive. We need to stay optimistic and make the best of this year. Yeah, no. absolutely. There have been some significant changes in the world and how we engage with technology. And I like your point, it, you know, it's made us more dependent on it, but it's also caused some problems. And so cyber t- safety is so important. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about SafetyNet, cyber safety, and kind of what you've done with that program? Yes, so SafetyNet was established in 2015. And it really wasn't my plan to get into cyber safety and security. My background is public relations and marketing and TV presenting. And 
I really enjoyed what I was doing at the time. But then I heard the shocking statistics of young people. And I say this always with respect and I say it carefully because anyone who's listening might be able to identify with this loss. But young people who've committed suicide because of cyberbullying. And at that stage, I thought to myself, how is it possible that someone can become or feel so devastated and so lost that they go to that length because of cyberbullying? I mean, why would that be so hard? So I started doing research, really wanted to understand cyberbullying better, but got a huge surprise in terms of all the other risks and issues around social media and the internet. And then realized, I mean, I even went to the World IT Conference in Mexico, and I realized two things were missing. The one was awareness and for us to really get more information about it, especially parents with young kids who are growing up as digital natives. And then secondly, a place to go to for help, because you can't necessarily go to the police station and say, my identity has been stolen. And besides the fact that there's not enough knowledge and people in the industry who knows how to deal with cybercrime, it's also a thing like the law is not ready yet. And as they write it, it changes. So those two things made me start Safety Net Cyber Safety. And it's spelled with a V because we aim to save lives by creating awareness. And the T is like a net for anyone who falls from cyberspace to have a safe landing. And the net is the network of forensic analysts and psychologists and the right people at the police. And of course, legal advisors and partners like yourself, because at the end of the day, this is a safety net, but I can't be a psychologist and a legal expert and everything else. So that's where Safety Net started. And since then, the business has grown. And I'm thankful because I've been involved in amazing projects with Cartoon Network and Google and the Public Figure Film and many others. And I th I'm thankful for those platforms who say that they are willing to put the spotlight on this very, very important topic. Yeah, it's so necessary and seeing the corporations really engage on that corporate social responsibility lens, but also recognizing that they have a huge part to play in keeping our kids safe in the forums that they've developed. Like that's definitely significant and not every corporation is choosing to invest in that way. We're seeing it play out so often where there are platforms that kids aren't safe on and the company doesn't exactly care. And so it's really great to see when this rare few, it feels like these days, choose to really invest in that area. So yeah. you kind of talked mm -hmm. a little bit about the bullying side. What has kind of been your foray into the trafficking elements of what you're seeing online with cyber safety? So from a trafficking point of view, I have to say that luckily there are wonderful organizations in South Africa and personally, I work very closely with the National Freedom Network. Mm. And the National Freedom Network was established in May 2011. And it's essentially a group and a network of organizations that specifically focuses on missing children, missing people, and then, of course, trafficking. This part of the cybercrime spectrum really 
gets me so so deeply that I really am thankful for partners like you and you know like Unwatch and so forth and Safe House because you are the experts in that field. So whenever we get a notification of someone saying that they suspect something or that they feel in trouble or they feel in danger, I always recommend and refer them to the experts in the field. Something that I find encouraging is that there's research being done in terms of the types of language being used online to trick people and just to help us to understand. And that's why I want to commend you as well for the training that you are offering because it makes us all just tune in a little bit more and we can all so easily just be unaware even though it's right in front of our eyes. And as a mother, I forgot to mention this earlier, I'm a mother, my son is 13 almost, so I'm in it. I am in the social media realm, the gaming world, because if you look at the platforms and the age restrictions, most of them are 12 plus. So since he became 12, of course, he's now on it. But it gives me a real understanding of the challenges we face as parents. And I don't think parents are all, I almost want to say in the mood to listen to what we've got to say when it comes to trafficking. Because it's nicer to live in a bubble and not to know about all these hectic things that can happen. But yeah, thank goodness for partners and, you know, organizations such as yourself who focus on that. Yeah, I think what is so challenging is that we do want to live in our bubbles. There's days I just want to live in my bubble and not think about those harsh realities. But I mean, we had a young girl this week who, you know, was 13. She met somebody online that she thought was like a 14-year-old boy in her neighborhood and he convinced her to sneak out at midnight and luckily the police intervened before she was kidnapped by, you know, an individual who was not 14 and had no good intentions in the world. And so we do have to at least make our kids aware of the dangers that the online um, world bring and really train them up to be good stewards of technology because it's a tool that can be used for good or evil. Definitely. And it's so important that especially young people need to understand it's they've been caught out by a criminal, by someone. They make it their mission to, to find the vulnerable ones. That's something that makes me so angry and it just makes that fire burn even brighter inside me to say, let's fight for the vulnerable ones and help them to identify it. Absolutely. I'm a mom of um, three kiddos and two of which are barreling towards that age that most of the social media platforms or the gaming platforms will allow them on. And while we can't always operate like they're in a bubble, it's trying to figure out how do you navigate them through this and navigate um, them safely. And Mm -hmm. it's important and it's our responsibility as parents to understand what the the enemy is, if you will, that is out there in order to help our kids navigate those waters. You know, we always say we were all raised to watch out for the creepy man in the white van down the street or the the strange man at the playground. But those were all visible and we could see them right in front of us and others around us could see. And now it's these um, direct one-on-one conversations that kids get involved in that don't have any other eyes on it. So it's really teaching them to have that agency for themselves to understand how to navigate that. So 
Can you yeah. share a little bit more about how you and, and, and your group really hope to impact the anti-trafficking movement or help parents navigate online safety? Well, the first thing is that we need to have a good relationship with our children. And I always say, let's have digital free dinners. And it sounds like such a small thing, but it's a difficult thing for most families to get right. Because when we are around the dinner table, it's a time that we can connect and that we can actually ask relevant questions. We can no longer ask how was, you know, school or how was your day? We need to ask who did you meet online today? Who sent you something funny? What did you see on YouTube that made you laugh? Or did something happen in your game that made you angry or feel uncomfortable? We need to understand their lingo and get into their world. And besides the fact that as parents, we can also go and Google and look at YouTube videos like TikTok 101 and, you know, just go and educate ourselves. But the relationship with our children is the key, key thing, I believe, that we can use as a protection for them. And then, of course, I find many parents who almost want to take technology away from their children and to say, listen, when they're old enough, I'll give it to them. And personally, I have a little bit of a different view on that. And for me, it's about we need to have good digital habits. And this brings me to cyber wellness, because for the last how many years I've been talking about cyber safety and then beginning of 2019, which was quite interesting, the timing, I switched over to cyber wellness because I realized that spiritually, physically, emotionally, intellectually, relationally, every area of our lives is being impacted by either social media or the internet. And we can just look at it from online shopping point of view. We watch church online, we learn online, we do our exercises while watching the training video online. So if we look at that, then it would be much more beneficial for our children to learn good digital habits, screen time management. Where do you draw the line in terms of the types of friends you accept? So it's really about empowering them, not making them afraid and making them feel like the internet and social media is bad because it absolutely is not bad. I believe that just as there is the dark side of the web, we can be the light on the web and we can use it for good. So in terms of the, the awareness side and, you know, things that... I've done through SafetyNet and on my own to create more awareness. There's so much, but it's really things like the book that I've written. I wrote that after all these years helping cybercrime victims and seeing the questions that parents had asked and the, the problems that kids came to me about. I put that in a book and there are 50 topics, five zero topics. And Trafficking is one of them. And for me, it's something that I always use or talk about in my presentations. And how do we identify, you know, strangers and how do we actually make sure that we are aware of the signs? And of course, like I said earlier, working with partners, campaigns, Safer Internet Day is coming up in February. So there's so much in terms of those types of things that, that I've done together with partners as well. Working together is so key. Because by knowing more about what you do, I can now go and tell my platforms about the training you do, for instance. So I, I find great value 
in working together with partners as well, yeah. Collaboration is key, and I think that's what we all realize is this is a really big area, and it's a big area of expertise, and it's one that is complex. And I mean, I get texts every day from parents going, have you heard about this app? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't. Like, I don't spend all day, every day trying to understand every single new app that's coming into the world, but more to your point, how do we teach our children and those that were around those healthy boundaries online and teach them general safety or best practices and really how to be a good steward of the information that they need to protect when they're in the digital space. And then it doesn't matter which platform is coming at them if they really understand how they can be safe online. And I just love that that's your mission and heart. I guess for you, what do you think is the role of corporations in the fight against trafficking, online safety, cyber safety? I think corporates, yeah, especially the stronger companies, doesn't matter their size, but I do think that they've got an opportunity. I don't want to use the word responsibility. I want to say the opportunity to play a huge role in creating awareness and to support the organizations and people like us who work and do it because we are passionate about it to support the work we do to keep the engine going. So to be the fuel in the tank, to be the wind under our wings by enabling the business to continue. And I'm very passionate about the conversation when it comes to nonprofit companies because there's this, I don't know your experience with this, but sometimes it feels to me like I want to scream out, listen, we're not a charity. We're a business. We've got a goal and a mission and we need the engine to move. The only thing is we don't take dividends and we don't, you know, at the end of the year, get a big fat um, bonus check. But other than that, it's a company that needs to be running. And I, I do think that Corporates also have the opportunity to look inside at their people and be critical about their own well-being. And there are so many nice wellness programs going, but are we noticing abuse? Are we noticing anything in our companies, which it's our family members at our companies? What are they doing and implementing to be more aware of that? And I think it's become even more of a challenge now that we're working from home and so many people are working remotely. So, yeah, I think from a corporate point of view, it's not just about corporate social investment funding or donations. Sometimes it's also about give us people who want to support our business with skills. And, you know, maybe you're an accountant or maybe you are a communications expert bring those skills and help us in that way. Yeah, so that's my view. And in terms of specifically trafficking, definitely putting a a spotlight on the issue because there are many parents in these companies. And of course, we know it doesn't just happen to children. But when it comes to children, parents can be informed through these corporates, through their networks about the dangers. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we really loved when we work with different corporations is seeing just that trickle down effect, that it's not just about their ability to engage with that as a corporate, but it's everybody is a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a a neighbor, and the impact that 
we can just make as responsible human beings who are on watch and looking out in our community is tremendous. And we get calls all the time from people saying, you know, you were training us for this purpose, but this is what happened. And because of that, we were training law enforcement recently in that mom realized that her daughter was being trafficked, but it's people taking that step of awareness and not shrugging it as it's not my responsibility because it can't happen here. And when people realize it happens here and take that responsibility to be educated, then the impact can be monumental, whether it impacts their corporation or their community. So I love that. You have invested so much of your time and energy into helping people understand how to be safe. But what is one message that you want the world to hear about this issue, about the issue of online safety? Maybe it's a misconception that they have. Maybe it's a warning that you have for them. Maybe it's an encouragement. What's the one um, message you would want to share with the world about this? Well, my message is about a tiny part of our bodies. And in the past, we used to say that our tongue is our biggest weapon and that it can set a whole forest alight. I would like to say that it's our fingertips that we use to either make someone's day or break their heart. And in this case, when it comes to trafficking, to either find a victim or not be the victim. And it's such a small part of our bodies. And it's ironic because it's got our fingerprint. It's got the part of our identity that identifies us, that makes us unique. And yet this is what we use to type to share, like, dislike, to take videos, photos, and to decide whether or not we're going to keep that, you know, share that message, the fake news or the hashtag moment that's turned into hashtag movement. It's all done with our fingertips. And I would like for people to become responsible with their fingertips and to make sure that we use it as the tool that we use to create our online and digital footprint and remember that we are actually placing our physical identity on that. And let's become responsible digital citizens while enjoying this wonderful cyber highway. But yeah, let's use our fingertips responsibly. That's the most beautiful way I've ever heard that. It paints such a picture of the impact that we have with every keystroke that we make or every decision that we take in the online world and that it is lasting as much as it feels maybe like a moment in time. It is creating that larger footprint that really speaks to who we are and really shapes our identity. So that was eloquently put. (laughs) The other thing I'd say is what is one message that you would want for survivors to hear? I wish I could look everyone in the eyes and hug them for a long time. But first of all, say I'm so sorry for what you've gone through and that you've had to endure something that's unthinkable. In the same breath, I want to say, may that experience remind you that you are actually living and cherishing your own story And may that story be told in a way that will encourage other and just re-energize yourself to remember that you can get through the next phase. And ultimately, that we can each live our story in victory to take the power to tell it and to become better because of our stories. And I'm wearing this necklace that I'm wearing on purpose and it almost looks like a bar, like a jail bar, a fence. 
and it represents the prison on Robert Island in South Africa. But the story behind this necklace is beyond the fence. And that's part of my message to each and every one of us is that beyond the fence, there is hope. And we, we just have to continue to seek the light. We have to continue to live hopefully and to really do our best. And those days when we feel low, it's okay. We all get those. But let's surround ourselves with people that understand and that, that you can actually call on and say, I need help because it's okay. We all get there some days. But ultimately, yes, we each have our story. And I think we can all live it in a way, like I said earlier, so that we can become better and that it helps us all. I think that's fantastic. I think that's something that everybody can learn from is that our stories can be used to either crush us or to inspire us forward or inspire action in others. And I think that's something that we see so often from the survivors is that they use their story to encourage others. We constantly see them speaking into each other or using their story to aid in prevention to say this happened to me and I want to use my story to make sure it doesn't happen to others. And so I love that just your heart to reinforce that message that they have dignity and value and worth as human beings, as children of God, and not as a commodity and um, that their stories, while heartbreaking, have purpose. They can choose to, to allow those to have purpose. So is there anything else that you want to share before we sign off? Just one more thing, and it, it ties in with what you said, and that is to remind each of us that our value is not determined by what is being said online or what has happened to us in the past, because we were each marvelously and wonderfully made. And that's just a reminder that we are precious, we were created for a purpose, and we ultimately have everything that we need to just cherish this life that we've been given and let's move forward and I'm going to repeat it because you were marvelously and wonderfully made it's a perfect way to end thank you so much for joining us today it was wonderful we greatly appreciate you and all the incredible work that you're doing to inspire people as we close William Wilberforce once said you may choose to look the other way but you can never again say that you did not know We've all had defining moments in our lives where we faced a choice to either engage or look the other way. Make your choice now to engage. Subscribe to our podcast for future content involving how you can make a difference in stopping trafficking by 2030.